Today we celebrate one of the great saints of the Western Church. But the thing about Francis is that he always seems to be sneaking in by the side door or the back door or just coming in a little bit oddly. For in Francis' view, the whole world, it seems, has been turned upside down. And to illustrate what I mean, even now, after eight centuries, Francis is not on the high list of the Anglican calendar when it comes to celebrating saints. And yet we treat him with greater reverence than we do some of the high feasts and holy days of our calendar. Why is that? Why is that he sneaks in the back door rather than coming through the formal apparatus of institution. Maybe it helps to note the crisis that led Francis to his path with Christ. Francis had grown up in an affluent family in Assisi. His father was a cloth merchant and a darn good one by all accounts, or at least successful by any measure. And the story goes that Francis had tried various things, including at one point even being a soldier. But late in his adolescence, he was in San Damiano in Assisi, and he heard what he thought was the voice of Christ commanding him to rebuild that house. Francis was not known to be terribly thoughtful or erudite, so in an impetuous moment, he sold a bale of his father's finest silk to raise money to rebuild San Damiano. And so there was a very public quarrel and a crisis for Francis because very much publicly his father disowned him for doing something so incredibly stupid from a business point of view. Francis reportedly took off all of his expensive garments, and some authorities even say he stripped down until he was completely naked and walked away. He espoused himself, he would later reflect, to Lady Poverty, and he took on his hair shirt and his simple cincture and lived for the rest of his life with the lice and the animals and the elements. Refusing even to beg for food, he would go to trash heaps and pull food out that was left over, the scraps that fell from the tables of the good people of Assisi. Francis was not only disowned by his father, he was, in his view, disowned by the world. But of course, in the great irony that only the gospel understands, Francis became profoundly important. There was something about the 13th century that was not dissimilar from our time. As in our time, there was enormous disparity between the wealthy and the poor. 
There was enormous corruption in many institutions, including the church. Even religious houses had become enamored with worldly wealth and were lost in their own maze of rules and complexity. Francis was not a particularly educated man, very much like his lord and master. He was not particularly scholarly or theologically astute. He would much rather have viewed the world through the eyes of a child than the eyes of a theologian or scholar. And so he took up a life that was remarkably and radically simple and a faith that from our perspective might be almost considered fundamentalist. He took Jesus' teachings at Christ's word, took it with the utmost seriousness, and crafted his life accordingly. And that inspired so many to follow after Francis that he sparked a revolution in the church, a revolution that remains with us in the way that Francis and his perspectives keep sneaking in by the back door, by the side door, upsetting the institution and the institutional wonks like me who like things in good order and clean and tidy. As you see, the hard truth is Francis was an irascible guy, difficult to get along with, Later on, he would even fight with his own brothers over the future of the movement. As, of course, many people who saw Francis and his example were drawn to it. It was almost a romantic notion to eschew the world and pursue something so pure, so holy, so down to earth. But, of course, then when you're confronted with gleaning trash heaps for your meal or touching the sores of a leper, we began to wonder, maybe, maybe we need to regulate this a little bit more. And so even in that first generation of the Franciscans, Francis found himself again coming in through the back door, through the side door, to his own house, as it were. And eventually he resigned his status as Minister General of the Brothers. Not happy with the path that they were following. This was a man who had met with sultans in the Middle East, and who had the attention of popes and other magnates of the church. But the only thing that was good enough for him was life with Christ. And he counted among his friends the creatures of the earth, and even the blistering hot sun and the cold, wintry moon. I want to give you some words today of Francis. This was his first letter addressed to all the faithful. Listen to his simplicity of words and his simple faith. Oh, how happy and blessed are those who love the Lord and do as the Lord himself said in the gospel. 
You shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart and your whole soul and your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, let us love God and adore him with pure heart and mind. This is his particular desire when he says, True worshipers adore the Father in spirit and truth, for all who adore him must do so in the spirit of truth. Let us also direct to him our praises and prayers, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, since we must always pray and never grow slack. Furthermore, let us produce worthy fruits of penance. Let us also love our neighbors as ourselves. Let us have charity and humility. Let us give alms because these cleanse our souls from the stains of sin. Men lose all the material things they leave behind in this world, but they carry with them the reward of their charity and the alms they give. For these they will receive from the Lord the reward and recompense they deserve. We must not be wise and prudent according to the flesh. Rather, we must be simple, humble, and pure. We should never desire to be over others. Instead, we ought to be servants, servants who are submissive to every human being for God's sake. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on all who live in this way and persevere in it to the end. He will permanently dwell in them. They will be the Father's children who do his work. They are the spouses, brothers and mothers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Could it really be that simple? Perhaps it is. And perhaps that's our problem, but not Francis' problem. His gaze was to see God always in the other, even in the earth itself. If we would only pick up his example, our lives could be freer, our hearts pure, and our minds so much clearer than the world would have it. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R mv for millvalley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.